Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that gets you inside NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris for Texans All Access. Great to have you with us. We've been live from the Houston Methodist Training Center every morning from 8 to 10 a.m. and will through Tuesday morning, along with the rest of the gang from Sports Radio 610. So it's been great covering training camp. We've got sort of a training camp clearinghouse of sorts for you tonight as Titus Howard will be on with us. Neville Hewitt will be on with us and we got a couple of other goodies for later on in the show including but not limited to Kamu Gruje Hill an interview I've been wanting to play for a while but uh, just haven't gotten around to it Johnny because we've been busy we've been talking you know you and I tend to talk yeah. you know we tend to blab away and just the time passes and that's that right I mean that's just what we do here so. I, it's so funny because I looked at my phone and I was like man uh we didn't play our, my the John Reed interview that I did I've oh, got gosh. an Alex Erickson interview today. I was like, man, there's so much stuff that we're sort of leaving. I don't want to say we're leaving on the cutting room floor, but we just, we got two hours in the morning and there's a lot we got to get to. There's an hour at night. There's a lot we got to get to. So yeah, we're going to uh, end up having a bunch of stuff and there might be a show along the way where it's like, you know what? No practice today. Hey, you know what? Let's fire some of these interviews and go back. We'll do that, but uh, we'll call it back to the future, if you will. Uh, sort of um but yeah by the way speaking of back to the future mm-hmm. there's a tremendous show on netflix called movies that made us oh they yes did a documentary they did a documentary on the behind the scenes of back to the future and it's awesome it I've is gotta see it awesome wait do they have the eric stoltz footage because he was going to play michael yes. k fox's character yes oh, and they tell gonna... the whole story it's amazing it's really amazing. oh i'm watching that tonight tonight it's although i'm so good i'm kind of i think i've mentioned this on this program i'm going through old series first of all i need to see ted lasso because it's really good it's a sports show and it's on apple tv and johnny all these platforms my gosh i have to subscribe to everything terrible anyway uh, I want to see Ted Lasso, but I've been watching Dexter. Yes. I want to watch that Netflix show you just talked about. I've got to watch Woodstock 1999, which is on HBO Max or something. They're all on different platforms. You know what? This, they say, oh, the consumer wins. Yes and no. There's a lot of great content out there, but it's all on different things. And guess what? Your cable bill, and I just recommend Xfinity because you can access all of these platforms through <laughs> Xfinity. And I love them. And I don't have to change much on my TV to do this. It's pretty easy. It's like a one remote system, which I absolutely adore because there's nothing worse than where is the 17th remote that I need to access whatever platform this is. (laughs) Anyway, I'm rambling now. All right, let's get to this. Day two in pants today. Give me your top takeaway. Number one takeaway from today. Give it to me. Wow, that's a great one. I thought the running backs all did really good things today. And maybe Mark Ingram, because he was mic'd up, was uh, – boy, he had, I thought he had some sauce, his runs. Philip Lindsay always does. There's no Rex Burkhead today. I don't know if it was a, a veteran day off, not sure, but he was not in there today. And so it was uh, those two, Lindsay and Ingram and David Johnson, they all had really good runs. And in inside period, too, a lot of times an inside period just becomes this mishmash of bodies and running backs can't find anything – but both Phil Lindsay and um, uh, David Johnson both had really nice runs in the inside period. So that, that stood out to me. Number 12 stands out to me every day. Oh, okay, okay. I told a story today about 2017 about how I was writing a few too many observations that might, might 
have made it easier <laughs> for other teams to kind of look at our roster without looking at our sure. roster. Like I was giving information away in some mm -hmm. sense. Yes. So that was when I made the decision, okay, I'm going to only write so many things about the rookies. And when I said number 12, I'm talking about Nico Collins. And that got me thinking about one other rookie who was turning a lot of heads. And that's your guy, the sixth rounder, Roy Lopez. He's gaining. I'm not, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this because it's, it, it's almost kind of like cult status. I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but yeah. every time that he steps up into a drill, you hear the defensive lineman like, yeah, let's, let's go, Roy. What's up, Roy? Show him what's up, Roy. Like there is audibly this pickup when he is about to have a rep because it's pretty exciting. You mentioned it. You said it. I, I, I said you knew the end of practice. Like, hey, watch your boy Roy. We're watching the video board. And you said it. You're like, man, that wrestling background. I'm like, absolutely. But he's so quick. I mean, I know you got to be quick in wrestling. Like, I get it. But he's quick. He's strong. But Mother Nature kept him at about 6'1". And I think that's the best thing ever because he's not having to worry about playing tall. He just explodes into Everybody, and he's always winning the leverage battle. Roy Lopez Jr. is going to mess around and find his way into this defensive line rotation as a rookie. He is really fun to watch. You know what I liked about something Whitney said, see ball, get ball, which I haven't heard around here since Wade Phillips came in in 2011, right? Yeah, I know Whitney came the next year, but the point is this. You simplify things, and maybe they were due for that. Maybe they were due for yes. simplifying on defense. Like, let's just go after the football and just get our athletes and, and do the best yeah. we possibly can that way. Now, look, you're going to get caught sometimes. These offenses are way too good in this league, which makes me harken back to a conversation I once had with Butch Davis, who at one point was <laughs> the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, right? Butch yes. Davis told me, you've got to get negative plays in the NFL. You've got to be negative if you're a defense, because the offenses are too good. You cannot let them play ahead of the chains. They're going to kill you. Now, that was 20 years ago, right? Imagine today the differences, the rule yeah. changes, all of it. And that's why being aggressive and being able to get some negative plays and everything we've been talking about here, the takeaway ratio upped. That is absolutely crucial here in 2021. So let's see if they can do it. I like what I'm seeing so far on, like David Cully said, if you see a good play on offense, if you see a good play on defense, it's always the Houston Texans. So it's always good. <laughs> I really would love to see a joint yeah. practice at this time in my life, but we're not going to get to see it. I can't wait for Green Bay a week from Saturday night. Yeah, no doubt. I want to see these guys uh, going up against a different color jersey because it's that same thing. You're right. It's like, okay. I mean, I, 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 I check myself sometimes and go, wait a second. He just did that against our guy. Mm -hmm. Does that mean our guy's not very good or does that mean that <laughs> he's really good because our guy's okay? Like, I, that's that's the one thing that I keep finding myself saying. But, man, I have always trusted – I've always trusted my eyes. And I know it when I see it. And I, I remember thinking last year in 2020, and I know this is going to sound like after the fact, but I remember thinking in 2020, and I had not thought this way. I'm watching and I'm like, man, I just – I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know that I like this vibe. And it, you know, that was just kind of my feeling. Like I was just, and, and part of it was COVID. A lot yep. of it was COVID. I just didn't like the vibe. I was worried about the beginning of the, the season. I didn't, ah, man, I just didn't like it. You but know what it, it was, Johnny? Fruition. 
You know what it was last year? I mean, it's as simple as this in some ways. I know they couldn't run the football, which is obviously terrible for what they yeah. wanted to do, uh, especially, you know, Bill O'Brien coach team. They want to run the football. I don't care who's playing yep. quarterback. They wanted to be able to run the football. But on the other side of the football, and I can say this at various times in Texans history, they've done this where they have a, a decent year, a good year. Uh, and in the case of 2019, it was a really good year other than the meltdown, which is, I yeah. know, saying a lot. But look, you got yeah. to the divisional round. You won your division. You won 10 games, could have won 11 if you played your starters in, in week 17 and all that. And they didn't do enough to improve on the defensive side of the ball. They got caught yep. on that side of the football, not improving personnel wise. And they paid the price because a year older in the NFL you just can't assume you're going to bring back what you had, right? In terms of performance, right. you know, you bring back some players, but you can't assume you're going to bring back the performance you had. They weren't excellent on defense in 2019. Let's be honest. They made some key plays at key times. They clinched the division on a day against Tampa Bay where they got four picks and all that, but you can't assume you're going to do that. They got four picks that one day at Tampa Bay. That's almost half of what they got in all of 2020. Right. Sure. They also got caught in 2005 like that, not improving on offense enough. And right. I know I'm going back way deep here, but that was a big factor that year. They didn't improve the personnel on offense and they paid the price for that. Yep. And the defense was getting older. So at various times in the history of this franchise, they've done that. Now, everything's completely new. And as we talk about which side of the ball you're rooting for in practice, it is tough because both sides are in a complete reshuffle, reset and you just don't know until you know, until you see it against an opponent. But it's fun to watch. I got to admit, you know, it's so much fun to watch this camp because everything's brand new. So it's kind of fun to watch yep. it all take place. It's not like, oh, let's get back to the divisional round right now. Look, I'd love to. But let's get back to the divisional round right now because that's where we left off in the cliffhanger. Uh, no, this is starting a new series, not just a new season, a new series, if you will. We're going Netflix in these platforms again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You're, you're exactly right. And it's, it's an opportunity. And look, we, you know, we've talked about the Deshaun situation, the quarterback situation, and we don't know how that's going to resolve itself. Deshaun obviously was not there again today and it made national news uh, out on the practice field. In the building, and, though. Yeah. He's been in the building and, and Tim Kelly, I thought had some very kind words to say about him, but you know, you're right. We're looking, we're looking at a, a, a new series in some sense, but the things that I see from the guys that, that are out there, it just, it has a different vibe from 2020. Look, I may not win, you know, three games this year. Who know Who knows? I mean, it's just, you can, I'll take the over, you know, if, if I said to you, do you, okay. Um, you, you're going to win three games or 13 games. I mean, that, you know, a lot of people, I think, Oh, you're going to win three. I mean, some people don't even think we're going to win three. I watch this team and I'm like, you know, I, there are a lot of vets on this team that I watch at practice and I go, you know what? That guy's got something in the tank and you don't need all 50 vets or how many of our guys were signed. You don't need all 50 to come out and have career years. You really don't, but man, it would be great if Desmond King, uh, you know, had a year like he did a couple, uh, about two, three years ago with the chargers where he was just all over the football. You'd love to see Phil Plinzi have a year like he did in uh, 18, 19. If you could see those things, Malik Collins, leaves that Las Vegas stuff way behind. And he plays a lot like he did for the Cowboys in 2019 uh, with something to prove. Jordan Jenkins is healthy in 2021, and he plays at a, at a very high level. I've watched Jordan Jenkins very closely the last few practices. 
And man, I said to him after practice today, I said, well, you gotta, you gotta slow up on these, on these tackles and tight ends, man. You're killing them. I mean, he physically is like running dudes over and I'm like, you just don't know which of these veterans. Uh, and, and for that, when I see something like Michelle Capeta, who I respect a lot, he did, uh, he did a unit, unit by unit comparison, offense, defense, ranked them one through 32 in the league. And guess where the Texans are in both. <laughs> Well, you know, look, if you haven't observed this, if you haven't really studied it, you don't know. And maybe this is what they need to be under the radar, completely, you know, subterranean sneak up yeah. on people. Oh, by the yeah. way, I'm, I'm a little upset that you haven't commented on the uh, gift that I, I put out there of me throwing the ball to deep. <laughs> uh, we haven't gotten deep there one. yet. It's awesome. I would have liked to give of the first video that I didn't shoot. Which would have been fantastic, but I'm glad that gift got out there. Uh, it's a uh, it's a Mark the Deepy slant completion. Yep, a true deep slant that John Lopez put out there that he wanted to see, and then he got it. He, he challenged he got us. It. Now, a couple of things here. You did shoot a video. Now, Lopez challenged. He said, can deep slant really run a deep slant? And can Vandermeer throw the ball 15 yards? Now, I throw it a little shorter because that's the route she ran. And I'm not. <laughs> and the first time I threw it with a little with a little velocity on it. Right. You did. And and it kind of went through her hands. Sorry, DP. It kind of it hit her in the nose. It was a Marsha Brady. It was a true Marsha Brady situation where she's holding her face. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm Doug. Didn't D oh no, Doug was who she was going to go to the prom with. Yes. Who hit her in the, it was one of the brothers, uh, one, one of the, of the brothers. Brady boys that hit her in the yeah. face with the football. But I thought, oh my gosh, I just ruined DP's career. Uh, the funniest part the is you, that got posted on Twitter. I went and looked at the thread, the, the comments underneath. Mm -hmm. The very first person yes. commented and put the gif of Marsha Brady holding her nose. And I was like, oh man, if that person only knew what happened on the first one, I, I mean, it, it was the exact, it, we all started dying laughing in some sense, not deep because it, it hurt a little bit, mm -hmm. but that was the exact thing that happened on the first one. I think oh, it God. was, uh, I think it was Figgy that did that. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Figgy. Uh, but it was fun being out there. We shot our Texans training camp live special, uh, and that's going to air Sunday at 11 on ABC 13 training camp special with a lot of great footage, mic'd up Mark Ingram and boy, we mic'd up coach Cully this week. We got a lot mm -hmm. of stuff coming your way. We've been doing the question of the day, the content we've gotten from this camp. Now, look, we want, we all want to have a great season. I mean, that's the most important thing here, but while yes. we're here, Let's have some <laughs> fun, learn about the team. Let's entertain everybody. And that is what's happening on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app and our radio shows. We're just having a great time. And it's that football feeling. That's the campaign this year. And we all have the feeling and the season is here and it's awesome. And it's not just the Texans. It's the entire region. But this is what we're focused on here on Kirby, which by the name, by the way, is the name of the Texans pup at Texans pup on Twitter, the Texans dog. I think it's official or maybe it's not yet, but that's one of the names that was in the contest. And I think it's the best name out there. So we're going to call I, it. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. Kirby, that's very cool. I like that. Kirby, the Texans pup. Yeah, I like it's, it. We're let, Let's go with it. It's, I mean, it's better than, you know, it's better than Main Street or McNee, you know. 
Yeah, so, exactly. Well, we're or fanning. Hey, meet the meet the Texans dog fanning. Nah, Ooh, I like no. Kirby. It's good. Fanon's not going to work. And uh, Texans pup on Twitter. I'm just praying that the dog doesn't get more followers than me. Because if the dog gets more followers than I have, that could be bad for my career. Let's get to this now. We have Titus Howard, and Johnny and I caught up with him, asked him all about his offseason, how things went there, and how things are going to go this year and in camp, of course. Got a lot of chance to spend time with my wife and my daughter and watch her, you know, as she's she's growing. She's uh, learning how to walk, uh, learning how to talk. Um you know, it's it's been a very homing experience because I, you know, you know, a lot of guys don't get a chance to do that. So I'm experiencing that and getting a chance to watch, like, to be there to raise my daughter yeah. and stuff like that. And also, I've been working out and you know, I get my body in the best shape. So I think this off season was very very good uh, for me because for one thing, I I ended the off season pretty healthy. Yep. So uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Well, we were talking to Max about this, and rookies last year had a tough time. But for you guys going into year two, you didn't have that full offseason, the first full offseason going into an NFL year, and now you finally get one. So that's got to be really beneficial after living through what you did last year. Right. Yeah, it was our first really real offseason because we really didn't have an offseason last year. Uh, everything was shut down. You couldn't work out. You couldn't do nothing to help you prepare for the season. Um and um, it was pretty hard for me because I had I was just coming off surgery, nope. and then that's when COVID hit, and Ugh. I really didn't have a chance to rehab the way I I, I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And this year, man, I, I decided you know to take advantage of having a, a full off season and attack it hard. You mentioned I mentioned earlier your father. How has fatherhood changed you? How's it changed you as a player? How's it changed you just as a man? Um, I I, I say as a man first. Um, I was I was one a, a son, but then I ended up having a daughter, and um, I think by having a daughter, you know, it just changed everything about me. Uh, it made me appreciate not that I didn't appreciate women more. It just made me you know tune in to like the things that you know women you know need and how to respect more women more and you know respect women's decision and how they go about their lives and. And it made me, you know, just want to be a better person, want to go harder for my daughter and uh, just do everything and provide everything for her that I wasn't, you know, didn't get when I was growing up. And I think by doing those things and and, and making me a better person off the field is only going to make me a better person on the field. Titus Howard with us. What's it like working for James Campin now? Yeah, Coach Campin, he's pretty cool, pretty cool uh, dude. He's, um, you know, he's very, you know, critique. He's very funny. He, you know, he likes to have he likes to laugh and have jokes, and you know he likes to be very involved with the players. And uh, it's one of the good things about him. I feel like you know he's gonna make me a better player uh, if I just listen to him. And you know I think that so far our relationship has you know started off pretty good, and I'm looking forward to working with him more throughout this season to you know help me become a better player. Titus, I wrote this the other day, writing about the offensive line, and I, I said kind of the five keys to the season as I kind of went through everything. And I didn't put them in any order, but one of them I put was that Titus Howard takes that step. Mm-hmm. You become that guy. Not that in the first two years you were, you know, you were garbage or anything like that, <laughs> but you take that step. You get into that echelon where guys get to their third year. And I remember we've talked about this before, Mark and I have. Dwayne Brown in his third year took that took that step. What's the key for you to take that step to get 
beyond where you are now and really get to a point where you're on the field and you're like, you know what, this guy isn't going to sniff the quarterback. He's not even going to get close. I'm going to blow up in his hole, and you have the confidence that you can do it against anybody. And I know you're a confident dude, but going out there and doing it, what's the key to making me look right saying that you take that step? I think the, the main thing would be consistency. Uh, just being consistent, man. Uh, you know, I've, I had games where I've, I've dominated top rushers all game. But then I have a fall off, you know, the next week. Not to say it was anything that cost it, but I just think that when it – like this year, my biggest goal is to be consistent every play, every down, every game. Uh, I, I want to be highly respected by my teammates, uh, by more uh, more respected by guys around the NFL. When they see they had to go against me, they know, like, all right, man, this – you know, I got I got to bring my, my stuff this week because I got Titus. And uh, I think that's 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 the main thing for me. I wanna, I wanna just be more consistent with my game so it, it promotes the best, you know, possibilities for the team. What do you think of three preseason games and seventeen regular season games? I like it. Yeah. Less preseason, more regular season games. Yeah, <laughs> it give us a better chance, you know, to it's more games for us to win, uh, mm-hmm. so we can, you know, make a chance to make a run at the playoffs and the Super Bowl. I think uh, with 17 games, you got a lot of time to, you know, put on, put out some good film, uh, learn a lot more about the guys you're playing with. Um, so if the season doesn't go the way it's planned, uh, you got a lot of experience, you know, from 17 games. You know, it's only one more game than 16, but that one game is 160 to 100 snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's more snaps you get on the field. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, uh, you know, I've never played 17 games because in yeah. college, you only played yeah. 10 games, and if you didn't play to the play, you didn't play in the playoffs. It was over with. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how you know how it does with all of our guys, how it does with all of our bodies. All right. Who's the toughest guy you faced last year? To be completely honest, um, I probably think it's probably a one A one B. Probably the, the 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 toughest, probably the best guys I went against, were probably Miles Gary and Khalil Mack. Yeah. Oh, I always forget about Khalil Mack. Yep. I always forget about Khalil Mack. He's he strikes me as a guy that when you talk about consistency, it feels like you got to be consistent within the play too, because you can't just make the first move. He's gonna counter with something every time, every single time. So it's like you stop something, he's coming back with something else. You got to be like bang, bang. Like you got to be on your p's and q's for Plan A, B, and C when you face him. Yeah, because as far as athletic ability, Miles Garrett wins that. But when it comes to just pure strength and stuff like that and yeah. just animal best. instinct yeah clear match you know he got that but i think it's a 1a 1b with that those two guys are pretty good titus thanks so much for joining us we appreciate it yes sir thank you there's titus howard we visited with him on training camp eve actually and titus the last first round draft choice of the houston texans in 2019 and that 2019 draft feels like a thousand years ago because you had no first rounder in 2020 or 2021 you will next year we'll see how it all goes but obviously everyone's following his progress very closely along with second round pick from that year max sharping who we've heard from a couple of times already during texans radio during this 2021 training camp. Neville Hewitt led the Jets in tackles last year. He is coming up. Interesting guy. He's next here on Texans Radio.
Rolling on here on Texans All Access. Great to have you with us. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you tonight. And we'll be with you tomorrow morning, 8 to 10 a.m. as our Sports Radio 610 morning training camp shows continue through Tuesday. Nick Casario joins us Friday. More from the general tomorrow, among other things. Anthony O'Claire. It's Anthony. All right. He's from Quebec, and he's a really interesting guy. you got to hear about him playing tight end for this team. But right now... One of the linebackers. He led the Jets in tackles last year. Neville Hewitt in the mix in that Lovey Smith 4-3 playing backer. And Johnny and I caught up with him on training camp eve and talked about how the adjustment was coming here to Houston. I mean, I love it so far. I mean, it's hot. It's hotter, <laughs> <laughs> it's hotter than uh, New-, New York, New Jersey for sure. But um, I played in Miami before as well. Mm-hmm. So Right, you did. But it, it feels a little hotter here. It yeah. does feel a little warmer. Conditioning test a little bit uh, sweltering. Not out for there. this guy. Look wasn't at too him. Bad. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't. It probably wasn't bad for you, because some of the guys, when you say like you say conditioning test to me, I panic for like weeks. Conditioning test for you, piece of cake. It was. It was. I wouldn't be say. Honest, it was a, I would not say it was a piece of cake. Once you got to about that third or fourth one, yeah. It became the two-minute drill with a no-huddle offense. Because <laughs> <laughs> people don't know that, Neville. You, you've been on a field in the two-minute drill, and people see it on TV. They don't realize how taxing that is. Mm-hmm. How tough is it to be out there in a two-minute drill and teams trying to go down a field on you, and you're just trying to, get, you're trying to get the call to the huddle, trying to get the call to everybody, make sure you're in the right spot. How exhausting is that to be in a two-minute drill against a really good quarterback in this Man, league? One, you got to be in great shape, and then you have to be mentally tough because you're going to be cramping, all kind of stuff going to be going yeah. on, and you got to make the play. Yeah. You got to make the play. It's crunch time. Neville, talk about the linebacking core here, the crew that you ha- guys have, because I mean, you come in after leading your team in tackles. You had a, what, 130 something tackles. Uh, you had a pick. You had a couple of sacks. You had a really good year for the Jets last year. Started all 16 games. You have a lot of guys who can play. And it's kind of like musical chairs. Not a lot of spots here. So how's it going so far? And what about that competition among the linebackers? I think it's cool. It's going to, it's going to make everybody better. Um, that's one thing I've seen. Because when I was in, in New Jersey, well, in New York, with uh, you know, we had uh, several guys like Mosley. And yeah. mm-hmm. at one point, Darren Lee was there. Yep. Um, several guys. And so here, it's you know, we got Kirk. Um, Pierre, all these guys, uh, you know, that come from other places that yeah. played pretty well, you know, and it's an older group. So, you know, it's going to be more on us, to, you know, to lead the way a little bit because we're older, experienced, we're veterans. So I think it's a great group, great group of guys. I didn't realize this completely. I knew, like you said, I knew there were some new guys in the linebacking core. What I didn't realize was that we only have one as you would say, stack or off-the-ball linebacker coming back from last year. Zach. Just one, just Zach Cunningham coming back. So, like you said, not only are you new to the situation, but everybody's new. I mean, literally everybody's new in that situation, but it also creates opportunity, though, too. Yes. I mean, no man's bigger than his opportunity, you know, and it's a great opportunity for everybody in the room. For people that haven't had a chance to see you play, whether – you know, people in a 4-3 defense, they know Mike, Sam, Will, what you play, all that kind of stuff. Leave that aside. When they watch you play on the field, what do they see? What do you give people? What are, they, what are Texans fans going to love about watching Neville Hewitt play? 
I'm, I believe I, res- I earn everybody's respect in, in due time. Um, I, I go 100 miles per hour, and I know Smash Mouth football. I grew up watching Smash Mouth Monday night, you yep. know, uh, NFC East football. I yep. grew up in Maryland. So that, that's what I know. All I know is go hard and, you know, fly around to the ball and hit folks. Yep. And that's what you want your linebackers to do. What about Lovey Smith? What's it like working for him so far? It's awesome. I mean, it's cool. It's, it's um, His system is a 4-3 defense. You know, guys get to make a lot of plays in this defense. I mean, once you understand what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to be, your opportunity is there. That's the, that's the one thing I've seen in OTA since I've been here is you'll have opportunities to make plays. you got to know what you're doing, though. I've been in a lot of Seven different years. locker rooms over the years, and there's always a lot of talking before pads go on. A lot of guys talking. Is this still like that? Is it kind of like that in the NFL too, where there are guys talking about, oh man, wait till I get the pads on. Wait till these guys see what I can do in the pad. Is it that, or is that more kind of a high school college thing where people are talking about what they're going to do before the pads go on and then they go out there and they kind of eh, a little bit meeker than you think? I think everybody's different. It just depends on the situation they're yeah. in. Um, but I know most guys, after you putting in that work all year and it's, yeah. it's time to go, you know, everybody know around July. End of July, beginning of August. Yeah, your mind got to be right. You got to have your mind right, and you got to be itching to get out there and compete and get better every single day. Are there a bunch of offensive guys in there talking trash about how more physical they are than you? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't ran into them yet, but yeah. yeah. What's yeah. it? What's it like when you're with one AFC East rival going to the other, Miami, and then the Jets? Because those guys are bitter, bitter rivals, as yeah. you well know. I mean, it, it's kind of cool because once you with one team and then, you know, they don't bring you back, you go to the next team, and you're like, well, I can't wait to play them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, that was cool. And then I kind of played against everybody in the division for, three, what, six yep. years. Yeah. Yep. So, had a good a good idea and a good feel for what, yep. who I was going against. I would imagine general manager Nick Casario had a chance to see you play a number of times yeah. over the years. A few All times. Right. You ready for a little either or? It's okay. very easy. Give you A or B option. What kind of interesting answers on some of these? All right, mm-hmm. first one. Football's over. You got to pick a new professional sport. Do you want to be either a Premier League soccer star or a Major League Baseball star? Premier Soccer League. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's been the one most people have yeah. gone with, so I've been a little surprised. Future occupation, either coach or GM? Um, GM? Kind of like the GM role. Yeah, like nobody it. wants to be a coach because yeah. the coaches work forever. <laughs> yeah, they, don't yeah. they don't go home. Exactly. They're here all day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They are here all day and sometimes all night. Uh, Jordan Space Jam or LeBron Space Jam? I don't think it's fair if I say. No, you say one. what you want. Because I haven't seen the uh, LeBron. Jam. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so. right. Okay, a scale of 1 to 10, grade the Michael Jordan Space Jam. It's a 10. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, I like that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, roller coasters or mini golf? Mini golf. Instagram or TikTok? Um, I just got into TikTok and uh, I think Insta. I'm gonna go with Instagram, but TikTok is very interesting. Really? Yeah, I We're just not, got into. One of us are. Are you on TikTok? I'm not on it, but my kid one of us is. Are, Those reels are addicting. Yeah. I well, <laughs> I got the reels on Instagram. They are. They yeah. are addicting. I mean, that's crazy. I I don't know that I can do that. <laughs> Jay Z or Kanye? You're going to win an Olympic gold medal, mm-hmm. either swimming or gymnastics. 
I'm gonna charge him nasty. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> <well> decision. That, <laughs> that's all that. Okay. You went to a great college. You went to Marshall, right? You cannot go to Marshall anymore. You're in high school and you got two options. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go to either USC or Alabama. Gamecocks or Trojans? Oh, good question. <laughs> Southern California. USC Trojans. Great question. Trojans. I like it. Wow, you're the first guy to pick USC. Yeah, and you're the first guy to ask which USC also. That I was very good. watching Reggie Bush. Oh, they <laughs> yes. See, the Pete Carroll Trojans. Yeah. See, you're right. You've talked about that, mm-hmm. Mark, all day. Mm-hmm. If I had said Pete Carroll Trojans, I might have got a little bit more. That's right, growing up with Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. So, uh, Marshall, what was it like going there? Because I've been there, and you can't get there from anywhere. <laughs> So I went to Georgia Military College first for okay. two years, and then I transferred to Marshall. Mm-hmm. It was a cool, it was a cool experience. Yeah. I mean, going from a junior college where you had curfew every night, yeah, um, and then going to Marshall, I loved it. I had a great yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, anything was going to feel like a great time after yeah. military yeah. college. I mean, holy cow! I mean, you could stay out past midnight. I mean, that's yeah. probably didn't matter at that point. It, where not it in was, Huntington, West Virginia, it doesn't oh. matter past midnight. <laughs> no. And, well, no. maybe on a college campus though, it's a good time. Yeah. yeah, it's a small town, not much to do, but yeah. yeah. You can make fun of anything. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's great to have you on the team. Thanks a lot for being with us. Thank you. There's new linebacker Neville Hewitt. Hard not to notice out there on the field wearing number 43. You'll see him in the preseason game a week from Saturday against the Green Bay Packers. All right. Up next, a couple of interviews that I have not gotten to yet that I've really wanted to, including Kamu Grugier hill Interesting linebacker. Boy, we're staying with the linebacker theme. That's next here on Texans Radio. It's Texans Radio. If you haven't been to the app, go to the app. you got to check it out. All the great content is there from camp. All the behind-the-scenes stuff we've got going on. The question of the day. We've got mic dops. We have articles. We have everything you need to get to know this football team because with 50 new players, you've got some homework to do. Now, the preseason opener will be really helpful. That'll be against the Green Bay Packers a week from Saturday night, Lambeau Field, live on ABC 13, live on Sports Radio 610, the Bull 100.3 FM, all over the Lone Star State and beyond TV, radio. We've got you covered. It's going to be great to see this team out there for the first time doing their thing against a good team. Green Bay, 13-3 and each of the last two years, an exit in the NFC Championship game each of the last two years. So we'll see what Matt LaFleur, former Texans assistant, has up his sleeve. Now, Kamu Grugier-Hill, we'll see what he has up his sleeve. Former Miami Dolphin, Texans will play the Dolphins in South Florida this year. He's on this squad trying to make it as a linebacker. And I've talked to him after practice and I thought maybe it's not much different heat-wise anyway between here and South Florida. It's actually a blessing to be out here. I'm loving the, loving the heat because I got that uh, advantage last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hot out here, though. How's the scheme for you, this Lovey Smith 4-3? I love it, man. I'm, I'm not even lying. I think this is, you know, the best scheme. This, this scheme fits me perfectly. Um, it allows me to play. It allows, allows a lot of the guys to just go out and, and do their thing and play loose and, and play aggressive. So I'm loving it so far. Saw so you had a nice dive for a pass breakup in this practice. What's that dimension like for you, covering guys and trying to make those plays? You know, that's where I really um, – you know, hold my head high, and I, you know, I feel confident in the past game, and um, that's something I really try and perfect and and um, be the best at. So, I'm um, just working throughout every day, working with Coach Lovey, working with Miles, um, just trying to get better. Is the satisfaction of playing linebacker though to hit somebody, bring them down? 
I think the game is a little different now, you know. We don't have those uh, 250, 60-pound uh, linebackers. You know, we, we got guys that can actually, you know, we run around and we're flying around, um, you know, getting uh, interceptions, getting sacks, getting all this kind of stuff. So, But, yeah, I mean, nothing's going to beat the feeling of, uh, of laying someone out. All right, Eastern Illinois. Uh -huh. So this is a hotbed for pro football. You're obviously <laughs> well aware of that. What drew you to that school? It was actually my only offer. Um, I didn't start really playing. My only year of uh, playing football was my senior year of high school. And um, it was my only offer. My mom made me go. So, yeah, the rest was history. Was it a bit of a culture shock coming from Hawaii to go to Eastern Illinois? Absolutely. I mean, I never, I never left Hawaii in my entire life. And then I didn't even have a visit to Eastern Illinois. I just got dropped off and was ready for camp. So, um, yeah, the first six months were definitely a culture shock. Um, you know, middle of cornfields and all that kind of stuff. So it was crazy. What do people not know about what it's like to live in Hawaii? Everyone assumes it's just a beach paradise, yeah. but it's a city with Honolulu, mm -hmm. and then you have the other areas and everything. Yeah. What can you tell us about that? I, I like to joke around that uh, Hawaiians are like rednecks, really, <laughs> because you know we don't we don't need much. You know, we, we got the beach, we got our trucks, we got you know we we, we I never even wear a shirt or, or shoes back home, um, and you know Hawaii is just a very prideful place. Um, everyone's really close, very uh, family orientated, and um, yeah. All right, so how often do you get back? If I'm not here, I'm there. Okay. That's for sure. All right. Which city have you played in that's the best place to live? Other than here, of course, but the best place to live in your career. I love you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm literally not even just saying this just for, like, the podcast or anything. Uh, I, I truthfully love it here. I love Texas. And I even told one of my, uh, my, well, I told my agent, I was like, if I ever have a chance to play in Texas, let's take it. So uh, I'm loving it. All right, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. No problem. Thank you. Kamu Gruje hill Now, he played for the Dolphins, so a little bit of a Florida guy right there. But Vernon Hargraves definitely is a Florida guy. His dad coached at the University of Miami, coached linebackers, had Jonathan Vilma and those guys, DJ Williams, the late Chris Campbell, had a good squad, Dan Morgan. Man, his dad coached a lot of great players. And we played this on the morning show, but it's worth it. Two minutes with a Texan to hear it again with Vernon Hargraves, who definitely has been around here for a while. Feels like he's a salty veteran of this Houston Texans organization, but uh, it really hasn't been that long. Got here in 2019. So Vernon Hargraves, we caught up with him after practice, and he talked about what's different about this season. I feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, year six for me. Feel feel like I've been here before. Um, you know, still still getting comfortable. Still just trying to make plays, but I feel a lot more experienced. I feel like a veteran. All right, so I just told you I used to be the voice of the Hurricanes. You're a Gator, so how did that work out? How did you arrive at Florida? <laughs> well, let me let me tell you this. So they fired my dad, and I was young when they did, right? So that stuck with me. Oh, they fired my dad. They didn't want my dad. You know, that kind of stuck with me. So as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm not going to Miami. That stuck in my head, and uh, you know, when I got to, when I got older, and when I got to school, and I took my visits, I actually went back, and it was the same. It was the same facility. It was the same thing. I still remembered everything. So what's up, baby? So, um, you know, that's kind of what it was. I kind of just didn't want to go back there. You know, been there, done that type of thing, sorta. And uh, you know, Florida had a good coach, was the reason why I went. And uh, it was a real easy decision for me, though. It wasn't. I was, I was a few years removed by the time it was time for me to make a choice, so it wasn't that hard. Does your dad have interesting stories about the legendary players he's coached? He, oh, man, he got stories for days. <laughs> stories for days. He could talk to you all night about Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, Santana Moss, Ken Dorsey. I can keep going, you know, but, uh, yeah, he, had, he has the stories. All right, so the heat in Houston. I do ask some people about this who have been to Florida and played in Florida versus here. How is that for you? I'm still trying to figure that out, but I think I think Houston got it. I think Houston is probably the hottest place I've been. I've been in Miami, Gainesville, 
uh, you know, I think Houston got it. Okay, so what is this system like for you? How's it different? Uh, you know, Coach Levy, he's been around a long time. You know, it's a simple defense, but, um, you know, he wants you to execute it a certain way. You know, so I, I like to call it simply complicated. That's what I've been telling guys. You know, it's not all too much, but what he wants you to do, the techniques that we have to play have to be played that way for the defense to work. So, uh, you know, it's just staying in your playbook, getting those reps in. What is it about the DBs? Why are you guys so close as a group? Um, I don't know. I don't know, but when I first got here in... 2019, they were like that when I got here. They all hung out off the field. They always do stuff off season, hanging out uh, after practice or with each other. Meeting rooms are always walking around eating together. That's the that's the culture I walked into. So uh, I just jumped right in, and uh, yeah, I mean they they embraced me like I was one of theirs, like I've been here, and uh, you know we just keeping that thing rolling. We have to be close because we play the hardest position. Well, what about off the field here and all these new players here with the Texans? Oh yeah, it's tough. It's tough getting to know everybody. All new coaches, new GAs, new equipment people. You know, there's new people everywhere. But, uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun getting to know guys. Everybody's, you know, everybody understands that everybody's new. So uh, we're taking it slow, but we're getting to know everybody. And like I said, we're just trying to piece it together. All right, you're making plays at practice here. After a while with practice, when you're going against your own team all the time, do you get to know these receivers pretty well in their moves? Of course. Of course. <laughs> that, I mean, that's why, that's why practice is practice. It's hard because you know who you're going against. You know what type of routes they run. You know how fast they are. And, uh, you know, that's why it's practice, though. All right. Thanks a lot, Vernon. Thank luck. you. I appreciate it. Vernon Hargraves, you know his story as a Texans defensive back. We've got four more interesting stories tomorrow. New guys to this team. Well, relatively with Isaiah Coulter entering year two, but we talked about it, how those rookies last year really didn't get a fair NFL shake without the preseason games with a shortened training camp with no OTAs. So Coulter in year two trying to make the most of it. Also, Chris Moore will join us. Anthony Auclair, who we talked about earlier, former Canadian football player now in the NFL. Never played in the CFL, just played high school and college football in Canada. And Alex Erickson, a player you want to hear more about playing receiver. Hard not to notice out there. That's going to be tomorrow morning, 8 to 10 a.m., plus the general John McClain. Andre Ware is going to stop by. Seth Payne's going to stop by. So we'll have it all for you from the fields at the Houston Methodist Training Center. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened to the program. You can listen to this one again on the Texans app, or if you missed any of it, soon enough and check out all of the other good content right there. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans!